Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by Expand the Box Score. I am your host, Ricky Valero, and I am joined each and every week with my co-host, Stoops. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Got off work and, you know, ready to talk some football. Um, so I'm just going to jump into the little fun fact thing that I got this week. So I kind of already touched base with it a little bit on uh, before we started recording. Um, I'm going to talk about one Joe Burrow. No, just kidding. We talk about him <laughs> enough. No. <laughs> um, it's going to be about Chuba Hubbard. So as I told you, I, I was just kind of interested. So you see these eye-popping numbers that he's had, you know, week after week after week. So I was thinking, I was like, man, what kind of pace is he on? Is he on a pace to break, you know, the rushing record in a single season or is the touchdown record or whatever? Is he on pace to break any of those records? I did it for passing. I did it for receiving, but I'm just going to talk about the rushing on this episode. So um, currently he is sitting at 945 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns in five through five games. He's averaging 180. 189 yards um, a game, 2.2 touchdowns a game. So on that pace, he would need 14 games to break the uh, rushing record that's currently set um, for the NCAA. And then he would need 18 games to break <laughs> the rushing touchdown. And you ask who, uh, who, who has those records? Well, of course, it's one Barry Sanders who also played at Oklahoma State. He, Barry Sanders, he went for 2,628 rushing yards and 37 touchdowns. Do you know how many games he played, though? How many? Do you have any idea? 10? 11. Oh, he wow. played 11 games, and he set those records. That's, to, that's just unbelievable. That just speaks to how amazing Barry Sanders was. And even what we're seeing from Chuba Hubbard, the 945 yards so far and 11 touchdowns, he's been absolutely dominating it on the field. And he would still need more games to break those records. Now, I will say against McNeese State, he only had eight rushing attempts for 48 yards. They absolutely blew them away. So he didn't play the whole game. If he did, you've got to imagine he would have rushed for another 100, 200 yards. You'd have to think that with a couple touchdowns. And he might be on a little bit different of a pace. So different times. You know, Barry Sanders played in the 80s. Um, and now here we are, 2019. So different coaches, different styles of offense, just totally different game altogether. Um, but it just it's just unbelievable to, to see these numbers that Chuba's putting up. And he's still not really even on pace technically to break these records because obviously he's not going to play 18 games that's just not possible um and and they would have to basically make the the college football playoffs for him to even break the rushing record and could they do it maybe will they probably not so it's just crazy to to see so that's kind of my little fun fact and and just seeing the pace that he's on and it's still not going to be most likely enough to break their record so those those rushing records will probably stand for quite some time yeah the biggest reason why a lot of those rushing records uh stay the way they do is because these guys don't play for years at the running back position anymore that running back position is not a four-year stay in school back in the day you were more more likely to play until your junior or senior season than you ever were nowadays. You know what I mean? Some guys have a one big junior year and they're gone. You know what I mean? So yep. that's that plays a big factor in it as well for me. It's it's it, you're right. You're right. It's just kind of they even you know they get their one season in and they could have phenomenal numbers and you got to think if they were to come back for that senior season they probably have even better. But it's good enough numbers and they say well I'm ready to go pro, make some money and support my family. So you're completely right on that. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue because we talked about it a little bit off air, but obviously on this last week we covered our quarterback rankings and we talked about a lot of the guys and we're gonna divvy this up into two episodes because there's a lot there's more depth at the running back position, especially when it comes to drafting and stuff like. 
like that. But that at the same time kind of flips the script and saying we're talking about everybody leaving as juniors. And I was looking at my top 10 and I think your top 10 is very – ours is kind of similar, same names, just different rankings. But there's – there's nine juniors on my list and one one senior, Keyshawn Vaughn, obviously the running back out of Vanderbilt, is the only guy on my list that's a that's a senior. And that's insane because I think that's going to play – and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in, in depth a little bit later, but some of these guys that are slowly sliding down the charts, it might not be a terrible idea for them to come back because this is one of the most loaded draft classes at running backs I have seen in a long, long time. I completely agree. It, it's it's just, and, and I said it before on, on one of the episodes, yep. I don't remember exactly which one, where kind of my little fun fact was basically, <clears throat> I would not be shocked if this running back class, assuming, again, assuming that they were all to come out, let's just say they all come out, this could be the best running back class we have seen arguably ever. Um, I think it was the 2014 class that I compared it to. This class could be better. And it, it's it's just... Uh, it's just insane to see the level of talent that's going to be potentially coming out from this class. Right, and this is just a, a small tidbit of, of, of what's ahead for you guys. But for me, like a Keyshawn Vaughn, who I think is a phenomenal back, I think he's going to be very good in the NFL. But like he sits number seven in my rankings. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. not, not going too much into my rankings, but like Keyshawn Vaughn would probably be a top two or three back if it was any other year if it would have been last year you know what i mean like the running running back class last year was not that grand but um this year's class is locked and loaded i'm pretty excited to dive into these we're going to take our five guys that you know five big names and then next week we're going to tackle five more and we're going to we're going to divvy out our rankings as well um within those podcasts and kind of give you an idea where our head's at and headspace is at heading into the 2020 draft as we sit today so the first guy we're going to talk about is Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Stoops, what do you love about this guy? Uh, everything. <laughs> um, absolutely everything. So we've touched base on uh, touched base on him a little bit previous episodes. He was a three-star prospect coming out of high school, um, ranked 371st in his class and the 28th running back, um, 28th overall at the position of running backs um, coming out of his class. So being at Wisconsin, he is a focal point of that offense. Obviously he basically accounts it's 37.2% of the scrimmage yards um, for the whole team. That's number one on the team. So they get him the ball quite often. He has rushed for a hundred plus yards in every single game this year. And he has had multiple, well, he's had a rushing touchdown in every single game and multiple rushing touchdowns in three of the games. So he's just been absolutely stellar this year. He does have the one fumble on the year, but you know, when you get as many carries as he's had, it's, you're bound to have at least one. Um, He's he's very very quick um, for 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 his size. He is very physical. He's very quick. He's had very long runs for touchdowns. He's had four rushing touchdowns, um, or I'm sorry, four touchdowns altogether with 36 yards or more, including a 72 yard rushing touchdown against Michigan. So when when I see long touchdowns like that, whether it be a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, to me that just that shows one that he's able to either break tackles, which he can, and that he may have breakaway speed. Which to me, watching some of his games film he breaks away from some people um he's very tough to bring down on first contact he if you try and arm tackle him he's going to run straight through you like you weren't even there uh he's able to read his blocks very very well um and it's just watching him run the ball catch the ball what he can do after it's in his hands is unbelievable um they they get him the ball all over whether it's in the red zone or not in the red zone it's i mean he's got 24 rushing attempts in the uh, in the red zone He's got five rushing touchdowns, 118 yards in the red zone. So um, they get him the ball quite a bit. He's got three catches in the red zone as well. So they definitely get him, get him the ball. Um, it's just unbelievable what he can do on the field. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And to be honest with you, I think that in when I was going through this and going through my rankings and stuff like that, um, I, he was an easy number one for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he's probably the most complete back in this draft. Um, he does catch the ball. Obviously, one of the big things that I've talked about a thousand times on the show, too, is the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's able to do that, which he's actually approved upon this year. The last two years combined, he only had 16 catches in, in back-to-back seasons this year. He's already got the nine catches, 85 yards. He's got three receiving touchdowns this year as well, which mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that as well. Um, he's a good between-the-tackle runner. He's got great vision. Um, he's shifty. He's got the, he's got big legs. He's got like, you know, he's got them big powerhouse legs that you like in a running back. 
that uh, you touched on a little bit, but like he's he finds the holes and he just he just smashes. You know what I mean? Like he's a big brawler. I love that he just runs over guys. He's a very patient runner too. Yes. Um, when he sees when he doesn't see what he, I mean. Okay, so I can't. It's hard to explain why you're you're not a video by watching him. But when you when you when a running back goes to hit a hole, you you have that patience. You have that little stutter, a few second pause, and he he has that, and he has that intangible of being able to stop behind his tackle and maybe make a move and find the hole or break out to the outside. He's got very good outside the speed. I don't think he's gonna be the the fastest running back in this draft but he is he's pretty fast but his mm-hmm. break his second level speed is not as high as everybody else's but he's still going to he's still going to get to the next level on you period you know what i mean i i don't i don't really know if i have a whole knock behind the guy i will say the one thing that i that the one thing that does come up to mind is wisconsin does produce running backs and they always produce they always have a very solid offensive line and yes. they have one of the best offensive lines in the country. And obviously, you know, the same reason why I criticize like a Tua of uh, of saying, hey, is he going to be able to, to do this on the next level with a uh, second tier players instead of these top five star guys? Is is Taylor going to be able to make the, ch- you know, make the changes adjusting to a Miami Dolphins offensive line, oh, which God. is probably not as good as a Wisconsin offensive line. Um, I do notice he, his uh, yards per carry this year is up higher than it. It's improved every year. Uh, 6.8 uh, yards uh, a carry in 17, 7.1 in 2018. This year he's at 7.6. I love that. Obviously, he's got the 10 total touchdowns already this year through five games. That's impressive. Um yeah, I I don't I really don't know what there is to say bad about this guy. I think this guy might, in my opinion, is going to be a lock at the top slot at the running back position um, today. And when we talk about this again in three months, I think he's going to obviously once we transition into after the draft, where he gets drafted is going to be a different story. But I don't see anywhere from today he's my number one running back moving forward, hands down. Yeah, I completely agree. And and the crazy thing is like Wisconsin's got some other guys, but I mean, he's, he's the guy there, right? He is the absolute guy. And the crazy thing is teams know Jonathan Taylor's getting the ball and they still can't stop him. Like, exactly. you know, <laughs> and when they do stop him, it's cause he gained four yards and, and on it, when you think about it, if you can gain four yards, every single play, you're going to take that. Cause you know, come third down, you're getting the first down. So you just keep going. So Teams know he's getting the ball, and, and they just have a, such a hard time stopping him, and that that just speaks volumes for again, like you said, the offensive line. And you hear it, you know, you sent me that link. I know this is about Chuba, but he gave credit to the offensive line. He said, without the offensive line, I wouldn't put up those numbers, kind of thing. So, to Taylor, you back to Taylor. It's the same concept where when those, that offensive line just does what they need to do, and he he does what he needs to do. So it's a great team effort, but teams just can't stop him, and they know he's getting the ball. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like they're stacking eight in the box, and he's still rushing. He's still getting his. Like that's the word you can say. He's still he's still getting his, and yep. it's insane that week in and week out he still is getting his. And and I love it. And that and that's the perfect transition uh, to talk about the next guy. And and I am going to take the lead right now because I am I am in love with Chuba. I talked about him on a previous podcast. And I talked about my love for this guy before. But the funny thing about it is, is the guys we're going to talk about back to back, both three star prospects, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of, kind of crazy to think about. Um, I love this guy. I sent you a video. We there was a, there's a video out there after his monster monster performance last week, 296 yards against Kansas State, which I watched every run from that game, and this guy blows my mind. I mean, he is unbelievable um, between the tackles. He's unbelievable on the outside. Um, Right now, he's got 938 yards rushing, which is approximately 250 or so more than Justin Covington, who is the next closest back to him in rushing yards this year. That itself, let me, that itself is insane. Okay, Chuba is so so good, so good. 14 runs of 14 plus yards, including six for 40 plus yards this year. He's got touchdowns of 33, 30, 84, which that 84-yard touchdown run was one of the most impressive runs I have seen in a long time because he hit the hole and was gone. He didn't get touched on that touchdown run. Not mm-hmm. one defensive player touched that man. On top of that, he had a 75-yard touchdown run and a 53-yard touchdown run. On first downs, 
he's averaging 9.2 yards per carry. 9.2. So he's basically almost getting a first down every time he touches the ball in first down. That's insane. That's that. That to me is that uh, that stat alone blows me away. Just because obviously he's getting the ball out to get. He's getting a lot of carries on first down. But to average nine point two yards per carry on first down, that is stupid insane. Um, the mileage is very low. I talked about this previously. Stoops kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit about the bell cow like in college football and it's still it's okay to transition into the NFL with a lot of carries but at the same time these guys with the fresh legs they're gonna they're gonna last a little bit longer as well this guy's only got he only had 124 touches last year 128 obviously through five games already this year which is insane um with the 10 touchdowns uh he does catch passes um which is another beautiful thing um he has insane second level speed he keeps his legs turning he has patience he he has the same patience I was talking about earlier uh, with Taylor that he just has this eye for the eye for the hole that that is just as good as Taylor's. Um, he had <laughs> this is an insane stat. Forty like, this is last year's stat. He had forty five missed tackles last year on one hundred and twenty four carries. Wow, forty five missed tackles on one hundred twenty four carries. That is also another insane stat. Um, he's got twenty eight red zone touches. So when they're in the red zone, he's getting the ball. Um, that's that's a quarter of his touches that ha- have come in the red zone, which is another insane stat. Um, they feed this guy the ball a lot. He's got se- he had 71 first downs last year. He has 40 first downs already this year. Um, I think I think I'm done, Stoops. I think I'm done. That's all I got on, on Chuba. I, I love Chuba. I, I he's skyrocketing up the draft board. Ever since I found out last week that he's eligible to be in this draft, <laughs> yeah. Stoops kind of blew me away. With the knowledge of that, he's eligible to come out, and I see no reason. I see no. I I see Juba. He's coming out. Period. I don't see a, a reason why he he comes back. There's no reason for it unless he gets hurt. No, and I completely agree with that statement because it's one of those things where, like, yes, the running back class is is just absolutely stacked or potentially stacked if all these guys do come out. But if he has the season that he is on pace to have, you, could he beat it next year? Sure. But why would you take that chance? You had, I guarantee, this would be the best season of his career of, of, of all years he's probably ever played. So if he continues on this pace, and you know, once you start playing a little bit, a little bit higher competition. I mean, he did play Texas, and he, and he had you know some good stats against there. But you know, a McNeese State, which again didn't play very often, a Tulsa. You know, you're playing teams like that, and you're gonna have big yards. So once you start getting into conference play, it might come down a little bit. But you got to think he's still gonna be 100 plus yards a game, which is just phenomenal. So if he keeps that up, he's definitely it's in his best interest to come out. Um, he's 36.3 percent of basically the total uh, scrimmage yards for the entire team, which is number one on the team as well. So um, you hit it. You hit it on the head. Red zone. He's, he's used quite a bit and, and he's very efficient with it as well. Um, he is capable of the big plays. It, it's just you saw it with that 84 yard touchdown run that he had. He just blew through that hole and was gone. Like you said, he was gone. <laughs> Um, but he's also definitely a ground and pound type guy as well. So six of the touchdowns, um, basically for 13 yards or more, five of them were 30 or more. And then, uh, five other touchdowns basically came from six yards or less. And three of them were from two yards or less. So it's just one of those things where he's able to, to break through the hole and just use that speed and get through everyone. But he's also able to just, you know, pound it into the line, um, follow the offensive line and get those short yardage gains as well. So it's just, it's just phenomenal to see what he's been doing. And again, like you said, he's just skyrocketing up these draft boards, these rankings. He, he's just making a name for himself and he's making a name very fast, very, very fast. And, and it's easy for, and the thing about it is when we talk a little bit more about these other guys that I think that I have shifted a little bit further down because of the years they're having, I think that he's, obviously positioning himself to be a top tier pick because of these other guys are sliding down and and I just ran the numbers kind of soft numbers obviously he's averaging I think almost what 180 some yards a game right now so he played 13 games last year just hypothetically obviously this is is not numbers he's going to hit but that'd be 1500 more yards he would have over uh 2400 rushing yards so even if he does even if he gets a thousand yards over the next let's say six or seven games he's gonna have a 2000 yard season he's gonna probably hit 20 touchdowns that alone is going to skyrocket him and i think that he's got 
man, he's got the intangibles. I mean, he's got the mm-hmm. off the field. He's got a he's got a level head. He's got he's humble. That interview really impressed me because he was this girl. She was just trying to feed his ego. She was, and yep. she was. They, you know, the crowd was cheering for you. He's like, well, yeah, you know, I don't think they were just cheering for me. I think they were cheering for the whole team. And then she goes, well, they were cheering chuba chuba chuba, and he was just like, yeah, that's it's really. I know, I never thought that would happen. And then she was like, well, people are comparing you to Barry Sanders, and he even said he's like. Yeah, you, you know, like, just stop with the Barry Sanders. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's insane. Obviously, they're going to compare him to that because that's the same place that, you know, Barry played, and it's going to happen. But I love the way he was humble and, and just raw and honest. Um, he's in there with for his faith, and he's got it for his family. So it was a beautiful thing to see that, I mean, after, if I ran for 296 yards, man, I would be, I would be showboating, humping, you know, jumping mm-hmm. on top of things, going crazy. Um, but again, that's why I'm podcasting and he's in the, you know, going to be in the NFL, but, uh, no, uh, I love Chuba. I think that he's skyrocketing up job draft boards day by day. And I'm interested to see what he does over the uh, remainder of the season. I completely agree. All right. Sims, I'm gonna let you kick it off with the next guy. Uh, he is had a, just a subpar season, but, uh, Travis Etienne, what do you got for us, man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had I had ETN as my number one back coming into the season. I, I still love him. I do. I still absolutely love him. I have moved him down a little bit. As you said um, previously, it's just because these other guys are just having better seasons. Um, as a player, though, I still absolutely love him. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school, um, 213th ranked in his class, and he was the 18th overall running back. Um He's had he's had um, the Georgia Tech game was just absolutely phenomenal. So you know, again, had him as the number one back coming into the season. He goes for twelve rushing attempts, two hundred five yards, and three touchdowns. And I said Man, he's continuing exactly what I wanted to see. And then the next four games, he's gone for fifty three yards, seventy six yards, sixty one yards, um, and sixty seven yards. It, it's just one of those where he, he's kind of been been disappointing this year. But I mean, he's still got it. He is still an absolute stud of a running back. Um, and you know that's that's kind of a crazy thing. So we we may talk down on some other guys, but they're still better. Last year's running back class, we talk about it. It just wasn't that great. Even last year, he would have been a top guy. You know what I mean? So it's like we talk down on him, but it's only because this running back class is so stacked. But I absolutely love him. Um, he basically um, he's got twenty two point six percent of the uh, total total yards from scrimmage on the team, which is again number one. So he's still getting his, he's still getting the yards, and he's still producing um, to 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 basically what the team needs. Now Clemson as a whole has been down. They're still winning. They're still getting the game. You know, the, they're getting it done. They're getting the wins, um, which is what they ultimately want. But man, North Carolina almost had them. They almost had them, and and I, I didn't really expect that to be completely honest with you. Um, he does have two fumbles on the season. So that's definitely something. Um, and it, the crazy thing is it's been said, others have said, or, or that he's came out and basically said, he doesn't feel comfortable catching the ball. I don't see that. I, I, I see him looking comfortable catching the ball. Um, he caught four passes against A&M, um, for 52 yards. He caught three passes against Syracuse for 32 yards. Um, he, he can do it, you know, so whether he's comfortable or not, he looks pretty solid doing it in my opinion. He's got a 90.9 catch percent. So it's just, he, he, he's, he's great catching the ball. Um, in my opinion, from what I see, love to see some higher rushing yards, but you know, again, when you've got an offense like Clemson does, what can you expect? You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to throw the ball down the field. You've got Justin Ross, who seems to be his absolute favorite target. Um, you got T Higgins, you know, who, who we'll talk about, I'm sure on another episode. Um, but that offense as a whole is just phenomenal. So Travis Etienne, I have dropped him down a little bit in my rankings, but but overall, I still love the guy. And you know, and and it could be said these top five guys put them in any order, and honestly, I wouldn't fault you. I would not say you're wrong one bit, it, it, just because they're all that great. They're all that phenomenal of, of talents. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I have been. Um, I, I pumped the I pumped the Clemson you know, flag at the beginning of the season when we first started this podcast. I was listening to it a little bit um, earlier because I was trying to remember some of the things that I said. But uh, he has been a little bit disappointing for me this year. Um, I have said this to you several times uh, via text message. This Clemson team just looks bored out there. It looks like they're playing down to their competition week in and week out. Um, Lawrence hasn't been impressive this year either. Like these guys... 
I, I don't know what it entails. Obviously, they're still winning football games, so that's at, at the end of the day, that's what matters. But if these guys were playing any team of relevance right now, they would they would have they would probably have lost two or three games already. But at the same time, I don't know in saying that that if they 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 don't play up to the national championship spotlight because these guys blew the doors off uh, Notre Dame last year, and then obviously they manhandled um, Alabama as well. So that's one thing that you said that I, I'd like to point out um, that people are seem to be forgetting. And and I think I got lost in it a little bit when I was doing my research this week with Etienne and even more so Lawrence as well. But we forget the people like to forget what they did last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These guys ran teams off the football field last year. That talent just didn't go away. You know what I mean? They might not be playing on the par as they did last year, but Trevor Lawrence was an NFL quarterback last year the entire season whenever he took over from week four on. Like, that was an NFL quarterback that I watched. He might not be making the same plays, and obviously he's not coming back. But the same could be said for Etienne. I also don't think, at the same time, if you kind of look at his stats, he doesn't exactly get a whole lot of carries compared to what some of these other guys are. Like, we were talking about, like, Chuba had one game where he had 37 carries. Like, there's been three games straight now where where Etienne's only had 39 carries in three games. You know what I mean? So he's not touching the ball as much as some of these other guys are. I am a little you know, besmirched, obviously, after the big game. He's got 45 carries, 257, two touchdowns, 5.7 yards a clip, um, a full three yards less than he did a year ago. That's after the Georgia Tech game. He's still phenomenal in space. He still can take it to the house. Um I, my biggest thing about him is I'm not sure he's a three-down back. And that, to me, can make him slide down the draft board a little bit. Just a little bit. I think that he is a very Tariq Cohen, Alvin Kamara mix, where I think if he gets into the right offense that he's going to hit some home runs. But I don't know if he's going to be... I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant when he comes out as much as we had hoped he would be. Because I don't know if he's ever going to see 20 to 25 touches a game. And it could obviously depend on where he falls. But um, I think that he's more a, a, a complimentary back, a third down, you know, a specialized back where you can flank him out. I, I agree with you as well as far as the catching goes. He actually has 10 catches already this year, which last year he only had uh, 12 total for the entire season. He, he looks comfortable doing it. I don't know what to speak of whenever he says that, but maybe it's because he hasn't had as many looks as we would like him to have, and maybe that's what his problem is. He doesn't get thrown the ball a lot. There's so many other weapons on that on that team. He does have he has great balance. He's got high speed. He's got great cuts. He can be a dual threat when he wants to be. Again, I agree with what you said. Any one of these guys could be the top back, and it wouldn't surprise me. I just think that maybe... When we go to a, you know, if you have a, if you tier it, maybe he's not that top tier, but I think he's right below it. I, I don't see ET. I do think that he might be the third, fourth, fifth back off the board instead of what we thought about going into the season as the first back off the board heading into this draft. And it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he gives a phone call up to the, you know, an agent or whatever and gets his gets his stock level out there and he gets a phone call and says, Hey man, we think you're going to go second or third, you know, depending on how the rest of the year plays out, obviously. But if it plays out the way it has, I wouldn't surprise, I wouldn't entirely be surprised to see him come back for another season. That, you know, and, and that's a good, I never really thought about that. You know, I, I didn't think about it that way. And it's, if he continues on the trend that he's on again, as you said, he's not getting very many rush attempts. So that would lead to him not having as many yards per se. Um, but if he comes back next year, I think that could be huge for him. It, it could, it could build, you know, a little bit more character. I could say basically, you know, kind of not that he's not a humble guy. I'm not saying that, no. but kind of humble yourself, come back another year. Um, you know, and, and the, the training programs, the facilities, the football program itself, just the winning nature definitely could do wonders. Um, and honestly, and I said it already with this North Carolina game where it was basically a nail biter. They, 
they got lucky with that one. I, I, I truly believe that they got lucky. Um, and if I remember, Mac Brown went for two at the end of the game instead of just kicking the field goal to tie it. He basically said it. He pretty much felt as if they went to overtime, Clemson's just going to take it and win it. So he kind of went for the win there. But they're on a bye week this week. I wouldn't be shocked when they come back to play Florida State if they just absolutely blow the blow blow them out of the water, just completely annihilate them. I wouldn't be shocked if they come out just basically start to finish. You know, and, and there, there's coaches and there's you know analysts, there's guys out there that hates to see people run the score up. I think Clemson needs a game like that against a better program than, you know, a FCS school per se. They, they, Florida State's a, you know, division one program. Are they a powerhouse school? No, not necessarily. But I think they need to come out and just let it go. They need to have one of those games. And I wouldn't be shocked after the bye week if that's the game. So it's going to be interesting to see what Clemson as a team does throughout the rest of the season and, you know, how they get Travis Etienne involved. Or is this what we're going to see all season, you know? And again, he'll be light on the carries, which is great. You know, but it could also lead to him coming back for a senior season, like you had mentioned. And I honestly didn't even think of that even being a possibility at the start of the season, much less now. But it, it could happen. It really could if he gets a low enough grade. For sure. And we're going to adjust to another guy that's kind of skyrocketing um, up the board, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and I absolutely love him. So um, whenever I was you know, doing a little bit of research on him, so yeah, four-star prospect. Um, he was ranked 46th in the class. Um, he is actually the, the second running back, um, at Ohio state to start a game as a true freshman. The only other one to do it is Maurice Claret, who had a pretty phenomenal season at Ohio uh, or career, I should say at Ohio state. So he's definitely in some good company there. Um, in the first game against Indiana, he had 29 carries, 181 rushing yards, two receptions and 24 receiving yards, um, no touchdowns, but to, to be a true freshman, and to come in and have basically, what is that, rough math, uh, 205 total yards, yep. um, that's a lot. That's, that speaks volumes for what you're capable of doing. So he's number one on the team in, in scrimmage yard um, distribution right now, 25.9%. Just spoiler, all the running backs that we're going to talk about <laughs> here, they're number one on the team. So they're all used often um, and, and definitely produce um He's had a pretty solid year. Um, his worst game was against Miami, Ohio, which again, when when you're blowing teams out, you're not going to get a whole lot of playing time, and they just they, you'd expect that. He had eight carries for 52 yards, but every other game, 91 yards, and then the other ones, 141, 193, 177, um, rushing touchdowns like crazy. He had a 60-yard run against Cincinnati. Um, he's just got great agility, great acceleration. I just absolutely love everything about this guy. I mean, the Ohio State offense, especially with Justin Fields there now, it's it's fun to watch. And, and, and I've watched, I would actually say, uh, just about every game that's been on TV, I've, I've watched either all of it or at least most of it. Um, you know, and not to get off JK, but but their defense, just watching that, it's just as fun. As fantasy football players, Debbie players, 99% of us just watch the offensive side unless you're in an IDP league. Um, but to watch the Ohio State defense is a lot of fun. But um, the offense is probably more fun to watch just because of all the weapons they have. But J.K. Dobbins is is unreal. Um, love watching him play. And he actually, his jump cuts are, are phenomenal. I was watching the Indiana film, his first game. And he just, he saw the hole. He, he broke through. And he had two jump cuts where guys just went diving and just missed him. He, he's a true freshman and he was doing, he had moves like that. So he's still doing it. He's still doing it to this day and he's going to continue to do it. So phenomenal runner. I love watching every, every, every second of his game that I can. You know, it's crazy to me. I wasn't as high on him coming into the season. He's really impressed me. And the crazy thing about it is, is like, he kind of shares the backfield a little bit. You know what I mean? He does. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got, um, you know, Teague's got 52 carries and Justin Fields, obviously he's got 46 carries and, you know, Dobbins obviously still leads the way with yards and yards per carry. Um, Justinville actually has, you know, a couple more touchdowns than he does. But it's kind of crazy to me that through all of that, he still gets his. You know what I mean? Like, this this offense is fun to watch. And, and obviously, I, I, you know, the haters are going to hate here. But whatever. They haven't played anybody. But that's besides the point. Um, we, the one thing that you and I preach until we're blue in the face is we know the cupcake schedules happen. But when you face these cupcake teams, you got to take care of business. Mm -hmm. And there's one hilarious stat about J.K. Dobbins, 
is he has 92 carries this year. Only six of them have come in the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, to me, is hilarious. Like, I was just playing around, because obviously I was using the expand the box score um, tool, which is fantastic, and a lot of stuff we pull from there. But it was just hilarious to me to sit there and look at. He only has six carries in the fourth quarter, and obviously that's because they are blowing the doors off of every team. They're one of the funnest teams to watch. It It's... And 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 I'll be the first one to preach that you know they ain't played nobody, but it doesn't make it any less fun to watch these guys play football. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Justin Fields has been a whole lot of fun to watch. I mean that guy's been impressive. Sixteen touchdowns, zero picks. But J.K. Dobbins, he makes the plays on all three downs. I love his hands. I, I to be honest with you, I, I'm high on Taylor, and I think Taylor is the best back. Period. But J.K. Dobbins might be the most complete back in this draft, and um. I love he just he's so versatile at the line of scrimmage in the backfield, and not only that he can split out wide and and catch the ball out of the receiver position as well, and it makes him so much fu- more fun to watch on the football field. I mean, you, you know me, I, I preach it. He doesn't have as many catches as I was like, but they don't throw the ball a whole lot either because they have a great running game. Uh, Fields isn't exactly lighting up. You know, he's lighting up the scoreboard, but, I mean, he's only got 116 pass attempts in five games. That's that's not – that's what, 20-some a game. You know what I mean? Compared to some, right. some what, what these other guys are doing. They are a run-heavy offense that has a lot of rushing yards. But um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that J.K. Dobbins is the most complete back in this draft. I don't think that he is better than Taylor, but I, I you know, he's – He's up there. Like this, this. I mean, I can't. Like, I, it just it kind of blows my mind how how much talking about these guys and understanding how you have Dobbins, Etienne, Chuba, and and Taylor, and these guys are just so good. Like, one of these guys is gonna fall to somebody in the back half of the first round or the beginning of the second round, and it's gonna be so amazing because any one of these guys can be the best running back in this class in five years. Period. It's insane to think about. Uh, absolutely and, and you got to think that these so you know you, you hear all these running backs i'm holding out i'm holding out i want more money you got to think that these organizations now yeah zeke got paid um gordon's back but he hasn't been paid yet he's not going to get paid the, the Chargers have pretty much said that but you got to think are these organizations looking at the they, they got to be looking at the, the you know these running backs that are potentially coming out and saying i'd rather have this guy on a rookie contract than have to pay this guy upwards of i don't know X amount of million dollars a year, you know what I mean? When I can get the same production or potentially the same production. So it's, it's just, it's crazy to think that all of these guys, they will be in the NFL at, at all at the same time at one point, whether it's this upcoming season or this next season, plus, you know, a year after that. So it'll be fun to see when some of these guys declare, um, obviously after the season, but, um, yeah, they're, they're all going to make, make a name for themselves in the NFL at some point. Yeah, to be honest with you, you hit the nail on the head. Why, If I'm the Chargers and I see that there's five potential first-round draft picks at the running back position, you already have an Austin Eckler who's kind of mm-hmm. out there doing his thing. You have Justin Jackson, but he, I mean, he's hurt or whatever, but why not just take a J.K. Dobbins or a Keyshawn Bond in the second round to supplant uh, Eckler in the backfield and pay a two-headed horse the same amount of money, oh, way less money, than you would a Melvin Gordon. I don't. I think Melvin Gordon is in a lot of trouble. I don't know how he's going to get paid at all. You got a running cla- running back class that's this deep, and if I'm looking at Melvin Gordon versus one of these five, I'd rather have one of these five all day. I completely agree, and you know he's had the issues with his knees as well. So it's just like teams are taking all of this into consideration, and I I, I think he's I think he's hurting himself more than he's um, helping himself. So we'll see, we'll see. But the the organizations have got to be thinking about these running backs and just say, well, I'll take this guy instead of paying you know millions and millions of dollars right now. Agreed, hundred percent. The last guy we're going to talk about, um, who I think stock has kind of trended down a little bit as well, and that's. Uh, DeAndre Swift from uh, Georgia. Um, I, You know what? I like this guy. I like him a lot, but at the same time, I feel like um, he's not talked about as much as these other guys are. He's not in the spotlight. And to be honest with you, when you look at this guy, when you kind of look at his stats, um, obviously he had the 18-carry game last week. For some reason, I feel like they're, they're just kind of saving Swift a little bit, if you know what I mean, for the bigger games. Because, I mean, he had six carries against Murray State. 
and then nine carries against Arkansas State. But, I mean, he took care of business, obviously, in both of those games. He averaged 11.2 yards a clip against uh, Murray State, and then he had 8.4 against Arkansas State in his few carries that he had. Um, he's great. He's, he's a great pass blocker. Blocker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got impressive hands. He hasn't really showed it in this, but um, coming out in his recruitment, one of his big pluses was this, were his hands. I do like that. Um, I do think that the biggest problem he's having right now, there's a little bit, there's very little noise about him. And we talked about that last week about the quarterback position as well. When there's not a lot of noise about you, you kind of seem to fall out of, out of place. And that's not a great thing for him. He might go out there and just impress during the combine, during the, uh, during pro day and stuff like that. Um, he's not super fast, but he can get away from, get away from defenders. He's dynamic in the open field. Um, he's pretty, pretty good in space. Um, I, I like Swift. I do. And I think that he's solid. I just, I'm not sold on him as much as I am the other guys. But at the same time, I think you kind of hit in the, the nail on the head there, Stoops, is by saying is, you know what? Like Swift on a, on a, on a different year, he might probably be number one or two. You know what I mean? This, this running back class is so deep and it's not a knock on Swift because I mean, the guy only has 49 carries on the year in four games. That's not a lot. I mean, he's, uh, was that, 11 and a half, 12 a game for him right now? That's, I mean, compared to, like, we just talked about, we literally just talked about Chuba had 37 in one game, and, and Swift's got 49 on the season. So he's not used as much as and, and as often as some of these other guys are, and I think that's kind of a step back to him, but it's not a fault of his own. He had a fantastic year last year, you know, 163 carries, 1,000. 49 yards, 10 touchdowns. I mean, he was great, and he had great hands out of the backfield, 32 catches. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more out of Swift on the latter half of latter half of this Georgia schedule. I think when they start playing some of these harder teams, when they start playing the you know the deeper teams in the uh, SEC, I think we're going to see a lot more Swift, kind of like we did in that Notre Dame game, because he had the 18 carries in that game. And he looked pretty good in that game as well. But um, Stoops, what you got for me on Swift? Yeah, and, and I absolutely love him. He was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. Um, and and you, you said it. He's just not getting as many rush attempts. But if you look back, and I don't have the exact numbers, Georgia's always done that. They've always done that with their running backs. Um, they will have the lead guy, right, which is Swift. They'll always have that. But they're not necessarily that workhorse. They're going to put in two, three, four running backs a game. And Zamir White, he was a he was another five star prospect. Um, he tore his ACL last year, so he got redshirted. Um, but he's he's obviously there this year, and and he's going to definitely eat into to Swift's carries. But like you said, come the end of the season, I think they're going to start giving Swift the ball more when they start making that push, right? You know, you got to start making, making your case to make the college football playoff, you know, and especially when you start playing the top sec schools, you got to put the, put the ball in, in your best player's hands. And in my opinion, Swift is that guy. Um, aside from from love from we already talked about that though, <laughs> but um, it's just one of those where the ball's in his hand, every play. So it's gotta be essentially, but um, Swift's a stud and, and it's, his numbers aren't that flashy. It's just the Georgia way. It's kind of always been that way. So yeah, he's going to get a little bit of a knock and people aren't going to talk about him that much um, simply because of that. Um, but you said it, he, he, he's, he's a great pass catcher. Um, he's a great pass blocker. He's, he can do it all. He's a great runner. You just get the ball into his hands. He's a playmaker. He's going to do what he needs to do to get the, get the yardage. And, and you said it, the six carries, nine carries, but he still had 67 yards and 76 yards. So when he had the ball, he did what what he needed to do um and i just absolutely love love watching him they use him uh, in the red zone quite a bit he's had three rushing touchdowns in the red zone um caught his one pass in the red zone so he's got 100 percent uh <laughs> catch percentage there so we'll take that but it, it's just one of those where it, you know and it, it 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 does bring him down whenever you're just you don't have those eye-popping numbers you know people aren't going to talk about you like we we could talk about chuba for 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 weeks because of what we love and the numbers that he has and everything but with swift it's kind of the opposite but man um it's just one of those you can't lose sight on on the talent that he has and and we definitely haven't here so it's just one of those where his numbers aren't eye-popping but man he's he's still good he's still ultra talented absolutely like he's still good like it's like the biggest knock on him right now is that he is in such a loaded class and and i think that's what we're going to consistently talk about 
but on the on the flip side of saying that in my opinion is we can sit there and say that but if you think about it for a minute that's going to play very well into fantasy hand you know fantasy land I'm sorry in the fantasy football world of things you know when you're doing a draft there's going to be all five if let's just say we're in a world where all five of these guys came out you're liable to get a very good running back one cross-reference with some of these quarterbacks that are thrown in there. And then, of course, you throw in the Jerry Judys, the Henry Ruggs, the Higgins, and all these other receivers. You're, that, that first round is going – everybody in that first round is liable to end up with a first – a top number one talent. Like ranking those guys from top to bottom, obviously it's going to depend on the fit and where they land. But this is one of the most talented offensive classes we have ever seen. And – Come draft time, it's going to be a lot of fun seeing some of these guys land. But just imagine a, a Swift who who might not, you know, rise up the the draft board like we said, like we talked about with the ETN. If he falls in the second round, if he falls into the perfect spot, you know, what if Miami takes him? You know, they need a running back right yeah. out the gate. You know what I'm saying? So they need a running back. So he might not have gone in the first round, but his his opportunities in the NFL had just skyrocketed up. You know what I mean? We present our rankings of where we think these guys are at. But at the same time, these rankings will change. They're ever-evolving and stuff like that. But when you have five guys the caliber of this, I am excited for what the, you know, not just the Debbie world, but the NFL world has in store over these next, you know, six months of talking about this. I agree. And then you mentioned Miami. It's It's not to get on a Miami tangent, but they just need everything. They really do. But... I hope, I really hope, and and maybe I'm just higher on Josh Rosen. Maybe that's the case. You know, he hasn't been absolutely, he hasn't blown, you know, blown you away by any means, but he's still young. He's never been in a good position. So to me, that's, that's the biggest thing. So don't draft a quarterback. You know, everyone's saying tank for Tua, tank for Tua, or tank for any of these quarterbacks that come out. Keep Josh Rosen. Keep molding him as best as you can. Take a running back. Take a receiver. Take an offensive line. You know, take something other than quarterback. I understand that's the franchise position. I get that. But let Josh Rosen do his thing and draft elsewhere. You know, fill your pieces somewhere else. Um, and worst case scenario, Josh Rosen absolutely sucks. You have the first overall pick in the 2021 draft or whatever and take a quarterback then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give him a full season. That That's my honest opinion, but I am not the GM, so who knows what's going to happen. But they've just got so many needs there that you have a young quarterback. Take one of these running backs. Take, again, the receiver, offensive line. Take a Chase Young on the defensive side. Take someone else other than a quarterback. That's what yeah. I think Miami should do, but – who knows? I mean, Who knows? They, and the thing about it is with Miami, I think they've got three first, two twos. And the thing about that is, is if they want to see what they got another year out of Rosen, why not? Like, there's the quarterback class we talked about them last week is pretty deep too. Um, mm-hmm. So, a they should probably. T- I feel like they should take you know best player available with that if they have the number one pick overall. Obviously, you've got to take that Chase Young. You got to take that offense attack. You got to take the anchor of your team. But you have a lot of picks in play, so you could take that quarterback. But I think with those two twos, you really kind of focus on the offensive side of the ball. They need a receiver. They need a running back. So you fill those big hole, you know, the big need in the first round with those three picks. You hit home runs on those. You know, you could come in the back half of the second. You can get a Swift. You can get another quarterback. There's The mm-hmm. quarterback class is pretty locked and loaded so focus on those things like i said we're not the gms here but common sense tells you what to do with this draft and we're trying to tell you what to do basically miami what we're trying to say is hire us so exactly you know <laughs> we'll do the draft i will again. move to miami i will move to miami I, <laughs> me too so <laughs> you know we will we will whatever you want us to do draft scouting whatever you got we've got you covered but um yeah. you know we, like i said that's going to kind of be our top five guys that we talked about and now to kind of finish it off, we are going to reveal our top 10 running backs as it sits today. Stoops, you can go first. So, number one, as shocker, Jonathan Taylor. I got Jonathan Taylor sitting at number one. Number two, I've got J.K. Dobbins. Number three, I've got Chuba Hubbard. And it, he actually was not that high um, before. Um, it's just been the season he's having. He, As we said, he's climbing his way to the top. Will he make it to the top? Probably not. I'll be completely honest. Um, but he's climbing his way up very rapidly. 
Number four, I've got DeAndre Swift. Number five, I've got my previous number one, Travis Etienne, dropped him down to number five. And I actually had him at three um, as of yesterday. And then the more I looked at it, the more I thought about it. Chuba's just, again, Chuba's Chuba right now. So number six, I got Cam Akers. He's kind of one that's been, you know, definitely making a name for himself, definitely um, improving upon last season. So I'm glad to see that from him. So number seven, Eno Benjamin, um, love him. Number eight, A.J. Dillon. Number nine, uh, Kylan Hill. And number 10, I've got Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, yeah, so mine's kind of similar uh, at the top there. I got Taylor at one. I've actually got Chuba at two right now. Um, I've got Eno at three. I've got J.K. Dobbins at four. I got Etienne at five. I got Swift at six. I've got Vaughn at seven. I've got Harris at eight, Akers at nine. And then I've got um, Michael Taylor at, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Patrick. See, I, you Patrick know Taylor. Patrick Taylor. There we go. You know, I made fun of you for not knowing there was two Taylors. And then of course, whenever I say it, I get it wrong. So, um, that's my, <laughs> that's my top 10. And folks, like I said, next week, we're going to kind of dive into some of the guys in the later round there in our bottom half, that seven, seven to 10 area. We're going to, you know, six to 10 area. If I can get my math right here in that six to 10 area, um, and kind of knock those guys out and kind of give you a couple guys. Cause if you look back in the back half of this draft, you know, those guys 11 through 15 that I'm looking at, there's some good guys in that class, in that uh, part of the draft as well. So I'll be excited to dive into those guys. Um, folks, do us a favor, hop on over to um, expandtheboxscore.com and sign up for this these tools. The NFL one is fantastic. I used the NFL, uh, um, the DFS tool last week to set some lineups. Um, there's the college football one that you're able to use as well, and you can use a lot of this information to create some of the best DFS lineups. I can't do college football, so I stopped talking about it because it hurts my feelings because Tennessee is awful. Um, yeah. But I know Stoops is allowed to, and that really breaks my heart. But um, if you use the code word Stoops, you get 10% off right now. And then on top of that, folks, head on over to Twitter and give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Um, give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Give Expand the Box Score a follow at XTB Box Store. I'll give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. And as always, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.